Amanda from Zinni Me, and I am here with the awesome Jennifer Todd. Uh, she's all the way out here from the East Coast, and yes, I'm still in Seattle, as you can tell from the backdrop. Um, so I am super excited that I get to see Jennifer like here in my living room. <laughs> she's from uh, New Jersey, and she's going to be sharing her story today of um, how she decided to become a therapist. So I'm really excited to have her here. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we're just going to start easy, okay. right? Um, when did you know that you wanted to become a therapist? Well, um, I'd actually been really uh, very interested in human behavior um, for my whole life. I say that I was trained from the cradle to become a therapist. Nice. Because I think that... Um, you know, just as a human being growing up in a family that had its own set of dysfunction, um, I wanted to understand it more. I was naturally more curious to understand mm -hmm. behavior. And um, and then ultimately, while it may not have been as apparent to me at the time while I was making my choices for my education, um, what I really was wanting to do was heal myself. Mm. So to work on understanding myself and to heal myself and to learn how to maybe not be like the people who I grew up with and learn how to love them in a better way. Um, so, I mean, that, that really was it for me. Like I really just wanted to understand what makes people work the way that they do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so from the point that you said, okay, I'm going to be a therapist, right? Well, I studied, I studied psychology and philosophy undergrad mm -hmm. and, um, was fascinated in neuroscience mm -hmm. and almost went pre-med, but that philosophy, uh, major just really touched some very deep places in me mm -hmm. and a lot of the religious studies um, mm -hmm. tapped into my uh, curiosity my spiritual curiosity mm -hmm. so that kind of took things in a different direction from maybe what could have been psychiatry into more of a therapist mm -hmm. so after my bachelor's degree I worked in the field for a little bit to get a better understanding of you know, what it is that I might want to do, which mm -hmm. advanced degree would be best for me, mm -hmm. um, and then decided to go for the MSW. Awesome. Now, what school did you go to? Rutgers. Rutgers. Rutgers in oh. New Jersey. How did you choose yeah. your school? Well, I chose my school because um, I wanted something that was going to be close because I had moved home from my undergrad, right? So mm -hmm. I did undergrad in Delaware, moved back to New Jersey. I wanted something that was going to be close and affordable. Mm -hmm. Everyone was saying, well, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money as a social worker. So why go to NYU and spend three times as much as what I could spend at Rutgers? Mm -hmm. And I knew I was going to need to go for advanced training either way. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to get the degree, get the license that was mm -hmm. going to help me do what it is that I wanted to do, and then figure out from there where I was going to want to do some more, you know, more of the, uh, different training. Yeah. The clinical training. What was that like for you as you are even, even going to a place that maybe is less expensive? Like, but mm -hmm. as you're like getting ready to like sign the dotted line and go to school to have everybody telling you, okay, go ahead. But you know, you're not going to make any money doing this. Yeah. Well, I knew that I wanted to go into private practice ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there definitely was a potential there for me mm -hmm. to make money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but still, you know, to go to school that costs a third to me just made good financial yeah. sense. No, I went to a cheap school. Yeah. I went to a cheap school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um, my tuition, and this is outside of my books, but I think my tuition for full time was like $1,300 a semester. Oh, that's nice. Like a semester, and I only went for like maybe five semesters, even with summer and winter, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like it was 
best investment that I could have made. Like, yeah. Ridiculous. I knew that I was going to get the degree and then I was going to move on from there. So mm -hmm. to me, that seemed to make the most sense. Awesome. And then after, or how long did it take you to get through grad school? Two years. Two years. Just yeah. knocked it out. Banged it out. Yeah. Making it happen. Yeah. And then how long from that point until you were able to be licensed for independent practice? About two years. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I got the MSW. Got the, you know, took the exam, got my license. At that point, I was working in inpatient psychiatry. That was my first job. I just went right in, mm -hmm. got all my hours for certification, and then within two years, I took the license, the licensing exam for my C. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you um, get your job at the inpatient unit? This is this is going back many years, <laughs> <laughs> like 13, 14 years ago. Um, I mean, I was just right out of grad school and uh -huh. looking for something that was going to give me the, the most, you know, interesting experience. I just wanted to really dive in and learn as much as I could. Mm -hmm. So to work in a hospital in New Jersey that was considered the largest hospital and had 14, you know, psych units, I thought wow. this was going to be a great way to, to learn a lot. And, uh -huh. you know, in my, um, my master's program, I had worked, you know, in a school and in a partial hospital program and... Mm -hmm. So I thought that this might be a different kind of experience for me. Yeah. And, and was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were talking to, um, I'm pretty sure it was Katie. Is it Katie or Jane? Ooh, one of the other people that, that mm -hmm. I interviewed. Because um, they had done psych um, mm -hmm. time as well as I had done psych time. We were talking about um, when you're out talking with people and you're talking about someone like bipolar and you talk to someone who has never seen, like, full-on bipolar mm -hmm. about bipolar, you can just, like, tell that they don't really have a clear sense, yeah. you know, about, like, what bipolar is and, like, their version of bipolar and what bipolar one would look like and their diagnosis. They're like, it's really underdiagnosed. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like the way that you're describing this, like this is just a moody teenager. Like this is not, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't get to saddle them with that diagnosis quite yet. Like yeah. give it a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think too, because I had such an interest in the brain mm -hmm. um, specifically early on in my education, like this was a really great way to work, mm -hmm. you know, with psychiatrists and, the, um, the pharmacology I thought was, was really interesting. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was on inpatient, involuntary yeah. know, crisis units with kids, with adults, on voluntary units in the outpatient program. I mean, in the partial hospital program, I got great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And then um, when did you uh, start your private practice? 2006. Yeah, I, at one point I decided to leave the inpatient unit to go into the outpatient program so that I could get a little bit more of that type of clinical experience mm -hmm. um, because it's a, it's a different kind of client that you're working with in private practice. So, you know, I did that for about two years and mm -hmm. then um, wanted to have my evenings free. I was working a couple evenings a week in the outpatient clinic, so I went back to inpatient mm -hmm. and uh, started my practice. Awesome. What was the best part of starting your private practice in those first couple of months? Well, I was very lucky because there was a psychiatrist that I worked with who had an office mm -hmm. who said, um, you can use my office two days a week and you don't have to pay me until you start seeing clients. Oh, and by the way, here's a bunch of clients. Oh! So, you know, <laughs> I, it, it was made very easy for me. Yeah. 
you know, and then from there I just said, okay, well, I want to, I want my own office. I want my own space. And, yeah. you know, uh, joined with a couple other social workers at the hospital and, and got an office and then decided, well, no, now I want one that's completely on my own and, and, uh, that I can use, I don't have to, you know, coordinate schedules with anyone. And mm-hmm. so it just kind of naturally evolved and progressed together. Mm-hmm. You said that you got lucky, but I don't think, I mean, that's not really true, right? Like you had done really good work and you'd built good relationships with a psychiatrist yes. and you had like yes. there was a lot that came out that like someone would yeah. say like you know what I trust you yes like I trust you clinically to the point that I'm going to like throw a bunch of clients and I'm so excited for you to yeah. be out in the world that I'm going to make it like a no-brainer for you by giving you an office yeah. like I blessed. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, I I did build the foundation and, yeah. and opened up the possibility for that to even come into my life. Yeah. But a lot of you know friends and social workers who are starting you know private practices um, get hung up on this. Well, I don't have any clients, and then I ha- there's all the startup, yeah, co- all these startup costs. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I say I was lucky, like I didn't have to kind of put all that out on the front yeah. end. Yeah. So that was helpful. Um, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally and completely doable yes. without having been so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is the place too. So I think sometimes people will think, um, like, Oh, I don't know. And they have this idea in their head that it's not possible oh, yeah. and they don't talk to anybody about it. They don't have conversations with people. I remember what it was like when I went to my old work, the nonprofit that I worked with to ask them about doing the office space. I remember I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And terrified to ask them if I could pay them money for their office space. Like, <laughs> I was like, which, and of course, they were like, oh my God, Brandy, you're doing private practice. Like, they were yeah. so excited. They really want to support the process. And then when I asked, like, well, could I not pay until I started seeing clients? They're like, oh, of course, no, don't pay lots of clients. No, like, see? you know, Very same nice. kind of a yeah. thing. But, yeah. you know, that stuff that happens because you have, you have, people that like know you and know your heart Mm -hmm. and that you have connected with and built real relationships. I've seen other people where they've been out, but the way that they treated other people, Mm -hmm. um, hasn't been nice. And like, they haven't built relationships where people like know their heart Mm -hmm. and like, they know the other person's heart. And so they don't, they don't have that, you know, in any way, shape or form. And I've seen other people where, they're really amazing, like really good people, but like they're like held they're back just, by themselves. Yes. Yeah. And so like there's people that would help if they just like allowed it. Yeah. You know? I think um, that's probably a lot of people in our profession, unfortunately. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. crazy. Oh my goodness. Okay, so yeah. uh what was your um first year of private practice like beyond just the having a bunch of clients built in for you? Yeah. <laughs> um it was it was a little scary, you know, because this was a totally new kind of experience for me. But, you know, again, I was able to collaborate with someone, which was very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. So I was able to discuss these cases with someone and get their input. And, and so that, that made it much more pleasurable and a little mm-hmm. less scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was exciting. Um, starting to see, you know, what could be. Mm-hmm. Um that was also a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was. That was, two, you said 2006. Yeah. And now it's 2015. Yes, right on now. LinkedIn, I saw congratulations on nine years in your private practice. I said, oh, wow. 
Yeah. Oh, time flies when you're having fun. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. What do you think was the, um, like, the biggest, maybe, like, I don't want to say mistake, but, like, the one thing that, like, you look back on that first year and be like, hmm, if I had known then what I know now, here's oh, something. God, the first year. Yeah. Um, or even the, even the first five. I mean, yeah. you've been out for nine. <laughs> um. Well, I probably would have um, linked myself to more supervision, mm. right? So when I was working with a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. I had her to kind of bounce things off of. You know, mm -hmm. still working in inpatient psychiatry, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how much I utilized some of the supports that I did have. Yeah. Um, and I did. I think I did a great job. You know, yeah. all those years. But um, for just for my own growth and development, and I think sometimes you know, once people have finished with their supervision for their C. Um, you know, they're, they're done. And uh, I mean, now as a more experienced clinician, I know I'm never done and I'm always welcoming yes. new opportunities to learn and collaborate with other people. So maybe, you know, being a little bit more open and feeling more comfortable with saying, you know, I want help. I want to learn more. Yeah. Um, you know, possibly could have been more yeah. helpful for me. I know it's interesting. Like I was always amazed at, uh, pre-licensed therapists, um, that were like complaining about supervision. I'm like, yeah. if you're complaining about supervision, you're doing it wrong. Like, yeah. this is amazing. And I, uh, when I do, would do speaking engagements, I would say like, Hey, you know, pre-licensed people specifically, like, what do you call supervision once you license? And they would just look at me and mm -hmm. I was like consultation. And it's yeah. several hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're getting it for free right now. Yeah. Like utilize it. Like yeah. soak it up. all of it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And keep getting it once you're licensed. But yeah, it's going to cost you money when that happens yeah. for the most part. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And then um, what is your focus in private practice today? Well, right now I offer a specialty. Uh, my niche is, is basically hypnotherapy, so clinical mm -hmm. hypnotherapy. And I like working with people who have deep trauma, mm -hmm. right, people who a lot of um, therapists may not feel entirely comfortable Mm -hmm. um, working with at that deep level. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoy working with people who have physical issues that mm -hmm. have an emotional underpinning, right? Uh -huh. So more like chronic issues, autoimmune or, you know, GI, um, mm -hmm. you know, even people with cancer and, you know, um, mm -hmm. difficult issues like that. I find that using hypnotherapy helps people access, you know, the healing that's within them, connect to their bodies, understand um, emotional patterns that they may have been, you know, holding on to for decades. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it's just the most incredible sacred work. Yeah. So, you know, mind-body stuff, physical issues, um, trauma, of mm -hmm. course, the standard anxiety and depression. Um, <laughs> we were talking yeah. about that earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like going to a meeting and yeah, everyone's going like... going to a networking event Hi. and 85% of the therapists stand up and say, I work with adults for on anxiety and depression, no, no geriatric, no kids. And, you know, it's just kind of the same, you know, very vanilla kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the other kind of people that I love working with are, um, you know, people who've done some, you know, deep personal work mm -hmm. to resolve major crises in their mm -hmm. lives, right? And now they want to look even deeper at some of these patterns. Now they want to figure out how they can elevate themselves, mm -hmm. right? So now it's going from, you know, just, you know, healing, healing stuff to, you know, becoming all that they can be. Yeah, and not in the army. <laughs> 
self-actualization yes you know existential work completely completely it is so cool it's so fun (laughs) yeah that's great and how do most of your clients um that fit that bell how do they find out about you this may sound hokey but the universe just kind of brings them to my door okay awesome give me an example of that if you can um you know, I'll, you know, I, I continue to do advanced training, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll come back from a weekend where we learned about, uh, you know, autonomous complexes and, you know, mm-hmm. deeper, you know, Jungian transpersonal kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have somebody who will call me and, um, you know, present an issue that just, that just fits so perfectly oh. in this framework. And let's say they've, you know, been in talk therapy for a long time. They've done some kind of alternative therapies, and now they specifically want to do hypnotherapy. They specifically want to be able to, you know, understand these deeper, darker parts of themselves. They know that there's gifts hidden in those dark places. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> How cool is that? Yes. So I just think it there that there's an energy, there's an attraction. Mm-hmm. The more work I do on myself, the more comfortable I feel sitting with, mm-hmm. you know, other people's you know, anger and rage and, and, and grief and, you know, anxieties and trauma, um, the more I just kind of open myself up to, you know, working with those types of people. And the more I work on elevating myself, I think the more those people are coming and saying, you know, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that you might be the person that can help me. Uh, yes. You know? <laughs> so. That place of just like deep knowing mm-hmm. that this is the right thing at the right time. Yeah. <sighs> This is so cool. That. <laughs> That's yeah. really awesome. It's very cool. Um, what if you like, if the universe could do anything uh, with you in your practice in this next year? Like, if if a year from now, like you like looked and went, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I wanted my practice to be like. What would it look like a year from now? Well, I would be a little bit more full. Right. So as I transition from, you know, full time in psychiatry and part time in practice to full time in practice, I'm still in the process of building my caseload. Mm -hmm. So I have an idea as to how many clients I would like to have scheduled, Mm -hmm. how many clients I would like to have actually coming, you know, you know, paying my full fee every week. Yes. And I don't necessarily know if this would happen in a year, but if this, you know, miracle happened and this could happen in a year. I would have um, a lot of space to mm-hmm. be, you know, to be able to provide groups and workshops mm-hmm. um, because I do travel a lot for mm-hmm. training and teaching in hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be able to adjust my schedule and my income mm-hmm. to be able to make up for the fact that sometimes I'm not there to see individual clients. So to be able to offer, you know, workshops and weekend workshops and have the space to do that, that would minimize my overhead mm-hmm. would be wonderful. Oh. So that's kind of a little farther out, but yeah. maybe not. You never know. Now, if I could have a retreat center in a year, it would be fantastic. Right? <laughs> yes. You it's know? Just, you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Things can come together. You can sometimes meet the right people and make the right connections and... Things can just flow. I believe that. Right? The universe can bring that in there. Provide, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, What is um, one of the most important, uh, what's like the business skill that you're really working on and struggling through to like (laughs) shift right now? Um, I would say, I guess the financial planning, Mm -hmm. which I guess that's kind of why that was built into my dream 
you know, yes. of what the next year would be like if it worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, I do find a little bit of that intimidating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was, you know, had my practice part-time and I had a full-time job, I didn't have to do anything. I just mm -hmm. got clients. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I had a lot of clients and it seemed like it was too many, but I just kind of stuck it out. And sometimes I, you know, wouldn't have as many and it, and it just mm -hmm. was okay. And now, you know, my livelihood depends on my ability to keep my practice full and, um, you know, keep the clients coming. And so there's this whole other aspect to it mm -hmm. that I didn't, you know, think of before, which is why I joined Business School Bootcamp to help yes. me with that. And a lot of it's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, these are just areas for growth and, and mm -hmm. ways to expand. But it's, you know, constantly working on being, um, in the community and letting my light shine, you know, being like a, a lighthouse, a beacon so that the people can come, but it's, you know, it's doing it. Yeah. 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 It, we were, I were talking earlier that like when we do that kind of stuff, it brings up our own stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> that the act of building our business is yes. a, is an area for growth and transformation, yes. not just in business. It's a growth in like all areas of our lives it um, becomes very symbolic yes yeah that it's part of our pattern like what we do in business is what we do in other areas and like there's a lot of really cool connections and how that all comes together mm -hmm. so awesome <sighs> let's see um what advice do you have to other therapists out there who are in private practice or considering private practice I would say um, one of the things that was most helpful for me in this, you know, whole process over these couple of years was getting some advanced training mm -hmm. because it just boosted my skills and my confidence. And, you know, I had known early on that it was something I would, I was going to want to do. Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be an investment of my time and a financial mm -hmm. investment. And so I did spend quite some time kind of shopping around and, you know, taking a course at an institute here or there. I mean, I live right by Manhattan. There's lots of really great yeah. institutes. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out where where I would want to plant myself for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then once I did, a lot, a lot shifted for me. Mm. So I would say, you know, we have a 60 credit, well, for social workers, I'll say so, we have a 60 credit master's degree. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we learned a lot. We had a lot of great experience, but most people don't you know, feel comfortable even after the two years it took them to get their clinical license mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to really provide something unique and special. And I think advanced training can really help people find that. Well, they, they leave comfortable with depression, anxiety with adults. <laughs> Pretty that, much. Well, that place of, you know, like developing a real specialization and niche. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not just about, we talk about ideal client. We talk about who you are as a person. But part of that whole process is also like your clinical, like, like your clinical, I can't think of the thing, like the, the word, but like how much, like, what are your bones? Like how much can you do? Yeah. Because if you can't, well, if you can't deliver with really great service and with really great transformation for people, that is not going to grow your practice. Mm -hmm. You know, there've been wonderful people out there on the planet who, I don't know if they were meant to be therapists or not, but I can tell you their clients don't stick, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they don't refer their friends and, you know, you have to really hold yourself to a high standard. And I think that's the other thing that I really like about financial planning while in private practice mm -hmm. is that it allows you to plan for things like advanced training, yeah. you know, like your other, your private practice probably funded 
part of your advanced training because oh, you already had it. <laughs> already, yeah. Everything you made in private practice went to that training, so Pretty it was much. kind of like, there you go. Yeah. But you really lived off of your other income. Mm-hmm. And so now being in that space of making sure that your new private practice income allows you to yes. continually get that kind of great supervision and consultation is awesome. Yeah, and very important. Groovy. All right. Great. Yeah. And so I'll then, be going back to those modules. <laughs> and no one else knows what you're talking about when you say oh, modules, yeah. by the oh, way. Oh, from business school boot camp. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to share anything about your experience with boot camp? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as I was transitioning from full-time in, you know, inpatient into my private practice, I knew I don't know how to do this. Yeah. You know, I need help. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started looking around and I found, you know, a bunch of different coaches and I wanted something that was specific to, you know, coaching for therapists. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with you on the phone and I just felt like totally relaxed, totally understood, mm-hmm. totally excited, totally inspired. So I think I joined immediately and that was the very first one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was, it started right around the time I was going to be teaching a class for six days and I was like I just can't do both you know so I kind of put it put it on the back burner and would work with it when I could and then the second round came along and um so I you know worked with the modules again and um you know was linked to a Facebook page of I don't even how many therapists are on (laughs) a lot you know what? What's interesting, there's probably like under 150. Really? Right? Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't feel that way because no. everybody is like really family oriented and yeah. really connected. It's growing all the time, but it's this place of people really are active, engaged. It feels like it's real people. It doesn't feel yeah. like a group of a thousand people, but there's like 10 people posting. No, it's like, it's, 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 it's a very, very cool network. So there are these, are there still eight? modules yeah so you know these these eight and I actually tell people about this all the time and I've referred a couple people to you guys so there's these different modules right and um you know to to really take a look at every aspect of your practice right from the social media and to your forms and your policies and your financials and um and all that good stuff and those and the script in the beginning about really how to engage clients I think was just so smart and so valuable so you know I knew that Again, I need help, right? Mm-hmm. I need more training here. I need more support here if I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. be successful. So, you know, I uh, I started and I found it to be great. I have to finish some of the modules. <laughs> I know I'm not alone, and that, that gives me some comfort. It's a it's a lot, right? Yeah. It's a lot. And yeah. so, if you, you know, if you're new to this, or if this is an area that you know you you, you feel some insecurity about, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's understandable that it may. Scary. <laughs> it might bring some stuff up. <laughs> it's possible. Mm-hmm. Now, tell what what is that like? What is it like to like have gone through boot camp to experience like you said the script was great and there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that are really cool, but like there's some of the stuff where you're like, uh, do you feel like that place of like, uh, like it wasn't really effective for me or I, I oh, wish no, I would no, have no, done no. it? No, or... I, I think it was extremely effective for me oh. so far. And I haven't even finished. <laughs> Right? I'm going to finish. Yeah. I'm going to be a superstar when I finish. But I, I really believe.
believe that just mm -hmm. listening to the videos and doing some of the homework and connecting to people and doing the pre-homework, all the stuff I did shifted my energy, right? Mm -hmm. So I kept hearing these messages about how important it is for me to really put myself out there. Mm -hmm. And I stepped up to that challenge. Mm -hmm. And I, last November, I was telling you, it was like my month. I'm like, I'm doing everything I can to put myself out there, meet as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. And I really felt a lot of things shift mm -hmm. because I'm not on more registries than I was before. As a matter of fact, I got rid of one because I, I didn't find it to be very helpful. Uh -huh. um, while I may not be blogging, which I understand is an important aspect <laughs> to increase my SEO, mm -hmm. um, I've just been more present in my community mm -hmm. and I'm getting more referrals. And mm -hmm. I think that that shift had to do with the support and the education that I got from the boot camp. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? That's super cool. How great do you feel right now? <laughs> I do feel good. <laughs> I get all like weeping, <laughs> you know, because we, have, so we have these experiences like, so Jennifer and I met over the phone, mm -hmm. like over a year ago. So now, like, we're, like, here in person, and she's saying that, like, looking in the eye, and it, like, ah, like, how cool, like, yeah, like, our world, um, it's really, yeah, mm -hmm. anywho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. So, wow. let's talk about how to get in touch with Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Todd's website address is? JenniferLtodd.com. Ah! Easy Pete, that's mm -hmm. a good one. Jennifer JenniferLtod.com. Now, she also is a trainer in some really um like awesome. <laughs> oh, now she wants to talk about that. <laughs> some awesome advanced hypnotherapy. So tell them about the trainings yeah. that okay. we do. So um I've been training uh with the Wellness Institute in Issaquah, like you know, 45 minutes away. Um, that that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that way since um, 2008 in heart-centered hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. which is a really incredible approach to hypnotherapy. We're taking um, humanistic psychology, developmental psych, um, gestalt techniques, NLP, Ericksonian mm -hmm. um, hypnosis. I mean, it's just a beautiful combination mm -hmm. of, you know, these different models to come together to help people heal from the heart, mm -hmm. um, you know, using trans states to go into the places where all of our experiences and beliefs are so that we can make the unconscious conscious and uh, really be able to experience a life beyond our wildest dreams. I mean, it goes beyond healing trauma mm -hmm. into, you know, self-actualization yeah. as we've talked about. So, so I've been training with the wellness Institute and coming out to Seattle several times a year. Um, and now I have graduated to teacher. And so I will be offering six day hypnotherapy certification courses in New Jersey. One is coming up March 5th through the 10th in Paramus. Yes. And That's this is 2015. 2015. <laughs> yeah. If you want to find out what's going on, cause obviously this is going to be around for forever. Yeah. This is the internet. Yeah. So this is forever. So Jennifer L. Todd. Jennifer L. Todd.com. <laughs> and yes. March, March 5th through the 10th, 2015 in Paramus, New Jersey. Oh, awesome. Persippany. Persippany, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> Persippany. Yeah. Just it's keep saying place. that. It's <laughs> That's what I keep looking at. You're like, you're great. Persippany. Persippany. And this is a 60 credit course. Shut up. Yeah, 60 CEUs. Whoa. Yeah, it's, exper Boom. it's experiential. It's, it's, it's fantastic. 